right, guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Sunday, February 27th, 2022. And I want to welcome to you guys to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right, Redcon1.com. Use the link at the bottom of the podcast app that you are listening to this on. And uh, order some stuff, man. I'm telling you, great company, great products. Um, check them out. Use T20 Cordimus and the promo code, and you'll save some money. Check them out today. All right. I wanted to start today's show by reading something that not many of us Americans do anymore. I mean, most of us, you know, if you're in the age range of where I'm at, you know, surely you don't get up every morning and do this thing. And I, I would even be willing to say that I don't even think it's done in schools anymore either. So let's, uh, let's start by reciting the Pledge of the Allegiance to the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now, I wanted to read that because it's not Richard Stan's. Number one, it's for which it stands, number um, But mainly, I just want to let, this show is going to primarily be about what, what else? Russia and Ukraine. I'm going to go into different situations of, of what's going on over there. Uh, I'm going to flip-flop. I'm going to tell you straight up front. I'm going to flip-flop back and forth. I'm going to give you a Russian perspective. I'm going to give you an American perspective. But don't get anything in which I'm saying twist it in the fact that I'm supporting Russia or Vladimir Putin by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just trying to look at it from his point of view as to what's going on. Um, because all we're seeing on the news, I don't care what news you watch or what podcast you listen to. If you listen to or watch CNN, Fox, whatever. If you listen to this, well, obviously you listen to this podcast, but if you listen to... Uh, Whoever else, I don't know, uh, Bongino, Tim Pool, Poso, whoever else you listen to out there. A lot of these podcasts are giving you one, or, or news programs are giving you one lane of what's going on. Russia invaded Ukraine, and that's that. The biggest question I have, and I've been asking this even before this happened, was Why? So for about, well, I'm going to go into a bunch of different things on Russia and Ukraine. Um, the, I, I don't even want to go into detail because it's kind of give everything away. But um, just different levels of what's going on, why is it going on, what else is going on, and what is this really all about? Or what could it possibly be all about? Okay, so for a couple of weeks now, we've been hearing about this. Russia is going to invade Ukraine. Russia, you know, remember it was, it was date, oh, February 16th is going to be the date. Um, and then on February 16th, we were all like, okay, well, what's going on? And uh, you had Zelensky coming out, you know, we're a peaceful nation, nothing's happening, this is all a, a bunch of nothing, to the point where I had, told, I had told Chris, I was like, it's almost like you're in school. And there's let's say you have a you have a problem with this kid over here and maybe he even has a problem with you 
and um, you, you don't really voice your problem to the other person and vice versa. You just kind of like, I don't really like that dude. So you just kind of ignore him. You're just like, whatever. And he does the same thing. And we've all seen this. And I'm, I'm saying he it could be female, female, male, male, whatever. So you just ignore the dude because you're like, whatever. I'm not, it's not worth my time. And he might think the same thing about you. I'm not, whatever. It's not worth my time. But in the meantime, you have this other guy, right? And he's whispering in each of y'all's ear because you think he's your friend and that other person thinks he's your, you know, the, his friend. And it's like, hey, you know, he called your mama ugly. And he goes over to the other guy. Hey, he, you know, he called your mama fat. And he goes over here. Hey, he, he grabbed your girlfriend's ass. Oh, hey, he, um, you know, pissed on your yard. You know, whatever. He's just, just little antagonizing bullshit stuff that may or may not be true. And, and that's Biden. Biden's that guy like, oh, well, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And uh, I've yet, I watch a lot of news. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I've yet to hear anybody ask the question, why? <laughs> why is this happening? Why? You know, we, even I talked about it on the show last week, week before, whenever it was, that, um, you know, Putin's biggest problem was, you know, because we had been hearing, oh, it's because Ukraine wants to join NATO. Oh, they NATO wants Ukraine to join them. And Putin, Putin doesn't want that because they signed a pact back in the 90s, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, here's my question. What about all the other countries that used to be in, in the Soviet Union that are now part of NATO? Why isn't he going after Latvia and Estonia and, you know, all these other countries? You know, I mean, the only country that might as well be part of Russia is Belarus. But nonetheless... All those countries on the border, with the exception of Belarus and Ukraine, are part of NATO. The only other country that's on the border of um, Russia, north of them, which they were never uh, a Russian territory or province or whatever, is Finland. Um, and neither fin Finland or Sweden are, are a part of NATO. And now it's come out recently that he's threatened them, which I don't know how true that is or what, but... It might be much more ado about nothing. It might be more about a, this kind of stuff. So I started thinking, why? Why Ukraine? Um, you read different stories. You see different things. A lot of it has to do with, um, you know, historically speaking, the Ukraine and Kiev was the ancient capital of Russia way back when. And a lot of people are like, why... You know, you would think with Russia's uh, military might, they could just sweep through Ukraine. So it's obviously not about conquering the land. Because if they wanted to do so, they could. Um, the reason they're not doing that is there's so much historical uh, buildings. There's so much history in that country. The Russian history, mind you in that country that they don't want to destroy it. That's why they haven't just gone in there and tore the place up, at least in the, some of the main cities. Um, so I found this story, and, you know, it's titled, Why is Russia Invading Ukraine? <laughs> Perfect. Let's see. 
Russian President Vladimir Putin declared war on the Ukraine Wednesday night, launching airstrikes and plunging Europe into a nightmare not seen since the darkest days of World War II. I don't believe that's true because, yeah, Chechnya, you had uh, uh, the Balt. You know, you've, you've had issues. You have Serbia. I mean, I know a lot of those were civil wars, but mm, whatever. But Russia's invasion of Ukraine was a massive escalation of conflict that has been simmering since... In Russia since the 2014 annexation of Crimea. At issue are two separatist states, uh, Dantisk and Lasket. Lansk? Lansk. And we'll just call it Lansk. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but whatever. They have been open, if muted, conflict with Kiev since 2014, as well as a larger question about Russia's sphere of influence in the Ukraine's place in greater Europe. Okay, before I read on, I just want to go into a few things. And that's something else that my question was before all this started. In 2014, if you guys recall, when Russia annexed Crimea, you know, you heard a little bit about it, probably dominated news for a week or so. But we were like, you know, Obama was president. We didn't, it's like we didn't think much about it. It was a lot of, well, they're doing it because of this and they're doing it because of that. Well, when, when I'm sorry, when um, Ukraine declared its independence from Russia or the Soviet Union, um, part of the deal that they had with Russia was that they were going to give up all their nuclear weapons, which they did, not join NATO, which they haven't yet. And now this was under the guise that Russia was basically going to leave them alone. And... Um, if need be, NATO, you know, Europe, countries in Europe, different, would the UN would come to um, Ukraine's aid. Now, it wasn't necessarily if Russia does whatever, we're going to come to your aid. It's just they're a sovereign nation. They had no way to protect themselves for the most part other than what they're doing. Um, and, uh, you know, they were promised protection, so to speak. Um, that was a deal sign. I'm... I'm back in the early 90s, so I was probably like Yeltsin, I'm assuming. Um, so, when um, when Russia came in and just annexed Crimea, when they just took that land back, there was a, it was a whole lot to do about nothing. It, I mean, you heard, like I said, you heard a little bit about it. It was kind of like, whatever. There was none of this crap. I mean, they, Crimea was, it was a pretty big chunk of land that they took. It was almost like coming into... Uh, Florida and taking, you know, Orlando or <laughs> Jacksonville and saying, now, you know, Georgia comes in and says, Jacksonville is now ours. Uh, okay. <laughs> cool. No problem. You know, it doesn't, it, that's how it was. But now they're, the idea that was presented is this two separatist states. So you had two areas of the Ukraine that were, that are pro-Russia. They're they're wanting to separate separate from the Ukraine. I don't know if they're wanting to become part of Russia. They want to become their own country. I'm not sure. But um, and Russia is is being reported initially that this was a peacekeeping operation. So now now that they've invaded, one could say, well, what does 
you protecting these these areas have anything to do with all the other areas that you're coming in? They're coming in through the south, through the north, bombing around different areas of the country. So it obviously doesn't have anything to do with um, with those areas per se, because they would just come in from the east if that was the case. Um, but uh, the Ukraine is the second largest country by area in Europe after Russia was briefly independent in the early of 20th century before becoming part of the USR in 1922. Following the collapse of the Soviet Union, Ukraine's once declared their independence in 91 as part of the negotiations. New, oh, I guess I just said all this. Uh, Post-Soviet government Ukraine returned Soviet-era nuclear weapons to Russia and allowed Russia to keep its Black Sea station in Crimea under a lease agreement, which obviously they broke the lease agreement and just took Crimea. Ukraine is a post-Soviet area then continued to develop its economic and diplomatic relations with Western Europe in 08. NATO hinted at future membership of Ukraine and its fellow former Soviet Republic, Georgia. Russia invaded Georgia soon after, but the conflict as we know it began in 13 when the Ukraine president, uh, Yankovic, blacked out the expected economic deal or I'm sorry, backed out of an expected economic deal with the European Union, opted instead of striking a deal with Russia. <clears throat> Let me scroll past these pictures here. In response, Russian President Putin offered support to Russia-speaking separatists in the Donks and Luks, uh, which are part of the Donbass region in eastern Ukraine. Putin simultaneously... Putin... Simon, Simon, geez Louise, I can't even say that word, simultaneously declared Crimea, which had been uh, made part of the Ukraine Soviet, so the Soviet Socialist Republic during the Soviet era to become part of Russia. The, um, and invaded the peninsula late in February, March of 2014. Putin's annexation of Crimea, Crimea, Crimean Peninsula. <laughs> I I swear to God, I haven't had a sip of drink. I've been drinking water and Gatorade all day. <laughs> Located along the northern coast of the Black Sea, was widely denounced by the international community, which still recognizes the territory as being part of the Ukraine. <clears throat> um, the fighting, which has continued sporadically despite the 2015 ceasefire agreement, has killed an estimated 14,000 people. Fast forward to 22. Okay, so real quick. Now, on Twitter, on uh, TikTok, you see a lot of videos and, and tweets and whatnot from people in the Ukraine. Now, this was prior to them invading. Um, you know, this we, we've been going through this for eight years. So, and that's my question. Okay, so we, we can get to the point of why is Russia doing this? I guess the next question is why do now we care? Why is it now a big deal? All right, so fast forward to 22. Putin formally recognized the two rebel-held enclaves as dependent states this week and ordered Russian troops to enter the Donbass, Donbass region in a so-called peacekeeping capacity. The order came after televised speech which Putin declared the Ukraine was not a standalone nation but rather an integral part of Russia created by the USSR. We did have to be so generous and then give these republics the right to leave. The Russian leader asked at one point, making a clear reference to breakup of the Soviet Union in 91. 
So it's almost like he sees these areas as still part of Russia. And there's a large percentage of the people that live in Ukraine that are Russian speakers, you know, speaking. They may still have family in Russia. It's almost like um, if Texas became part of Mexico. You know what I'm saying? It's a similar situation. Not that that would ever happen, but, you know. As of Thursday, the Russian invasion of Ukraine had explained well beyond the consistent rebel-held region. The Russian missiles rained down on at least 16 Ukraine cities and attack helicopter seen over the capital of Kiev. So, it's an awesome story, but uh, it doesn't really explain why. It just tells you it's been an ongoing situation for eight years. Um, Putin, who was at, or is ex-KGB, was placed in this position. Uh, he's old school. He feels... Russia isn't what it is. It's old school. It should still be the USSR. Um, I think the biggest thing is where we're at now with this whole situation is I'm, I'm torn in the sense that do we just let him do it? I would say the answer is no because who's to say he stops there? Okay, if he goes about Ukraine uh, and takes it over, then he goes into Georgia, he goes into Poland, he goes into Hungary. That's the idea. That's the thinking as to why we, or not we, but the European Union is getting involved. Um, fears of a World War III, of a repeat of um, Hitler-type situation, it could be. Is it? I, I don't I can't sit here and tell you that's bullshit. That would never happen because it's happened in the past. Why wouldn't it happen now? You know, I've, I've during the, uh, the series I did with the rise and fall of great empires, some of the biggest things was uh, we fail to learn from our history. <laughs> so why wouldn't it happen again? Um, one of the biggest things that we've heard and this just actually happened yesterday, I think it was yesterday, um, yeah, is uh, they were wanting to block Russians' access to the SWIFT um, banking system. Well, that, as of yesterday, that happened. The United States, Britain, Europe, and Canada on Saturday moved to block Russia's access to the SWIFT international payment system as a part of another round of sanctions against Mos Moscow. As it continues to assault against Ukraine, the measures, which will include restriction on Russia's central bank, international reserves, will be implemented in the coming days, the nation said in a joint statement. Now, I think the worrisome part about this is we've seen, you know, I talked about it, I don't know, a couple weeks, month ago, whatever, in Kazakhstan where they, uh, the government, <laughs> you know, was a COVID thing. So if you weren't vaccinated or whatever, you couldn't get, you could only get so much money out of your bank and the people lost their shit and rioted, right? We've seen in Canada where they were blocking bank accounts of truck drivers and whatnot and people lost their shit. Well, these are just people <laughs> with, you know, your regular old bank account and you have whatever you have in your bank. We're blocking a country from international access. So what that means is, uh, 
if you buy, if you're a country who buys crude oil from Russia, uh, America, um, well, you're obviously not going to be able to do that because you can't pay them unless you're going to do like Obama and just fly over, you know, pallets of cash like we did to Iran. But um, I, I would think that piss, you know, like you see in these situations, these other countries where people got their bank accounts blocked, pissed them off. What do you think is going to happen with Putin? So I guess the biggest question is right now you have China not siding against Russia. They're not necessarily siding with Russia, but they're not siding against them. Uh, there was an emergency vote in the UN to, you know, penalize, to to really go after Russia uh, from the UN standpoint, and China didn't vote on it. So, I've heard a lot of different people say this, you know, if you do this, once this is done, what does... Um, what does Vladimir Putin, what does he have to lose? You know, well, this came out today. Putin puts Russia's nuclear deterrence forces on high alert. So Vladimir Putin has ordered his military to put Russia's nuclear deterrence force on high alert. As his Ukrainian counterpart, uh, Vladimir, or yeah, whatever, Zelensky, announced that a delegation from Kiev would meet... Russian officials without preconditions on his country's border with uh, Belarus. On the fourth day of Russian invasion of Ukraine, Kyiv remained in Ukrainian control while officials claimed they had re repelled the attack on Kharkiv, or Kharkiv, the country's second largest city, where street fighting was taking place. Thousands of Ukrainian civilians, women, uh, mainly women and children, were fleeing from the Russian assault in neighboring uh, countries. Putin's order came at the meeting between the president and the defense ministry, uh, Sergei Shogu. The chief of the general staff and armed forces of Russia, Valery Gersalmov. Senior officials of the leading NATO countries also allow aggressive statements against our country. Therefore, I order the minister of defense and the chief of general staff to transfer deterrence forces of the Russian army to the special mode of combat duty, Putin said in a televised comment. Western countries aren't only taking unfriendly actions against our country in the economic sphere, but top officials from leading NATO members made aggressive statements towards our country. It is not, in, it is not immediately clear what the special mode of combat duty entails, Pavel Pogiev said, a, a Geneva-based analyst and head of the Russian nuclear forces uh, project said it was hard to tell what the order meant, but it may be a preliminary command. It may made a uh, retaliatory strike possible, he said, but it doesn't mean preparation for the first strike. It does not appear to be the highest level of readiness, including bombers being loaded with weapons and taking off. It is an action that makes the command and uh, control able to react if necessary, but it is pretty high level. Beze Yunal, a security expert at Catham House think tank, said Putin's order showed Russia was a, as an irresponsible nuclear weapon state. She said, it is not yet clear whether Putin is putting all forces, both strategic or, and non-strategic, on high alert. If the Kremlin chooses to put strategic forces on high alert, then that would pose a clear and direct threat to the United States. 
if the Kremlin chooses to put put um, tactical nuclear weapons and non-strategic objectives in high alert, it would be a clear threat to Europe. Thus, no NATO allies, including indirectly to the United States, both situations point out to a dangerous exploratory situation. The NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg told CNN in a reaction to Putin's decision to put Russia's nuclear voice on high, uh, forces on high alert, this is a dangerous rhetoric. This is a behavior which is irresponsible. Putin has told several foreign countries not to interfere with his innovation of Ukraine, saying it could lead to consequences they have never seen. He has positioned anti-air missiles and other advanced missile systems in Belarus and deployed his fleet to the Black Sea in an effort to prevent Western intervention in Ukraine. The ambassador to the uh, United States um, responded to the news from Moscow, <laughs> to Moscow, from Moscow, while appearing on CBS. President Putin is continuing to escalate this war in a manner that is totally unacceptable, and we have to uh, continue to condemn these actions in the strongest possible way. At the same time, um, Putin's nuclear moves. Zelensky's office said on the Telegram messaging app that the two sides would meet in an unspecified location on the Belarus border. The message did not give a precise time for the meeting. The announcement comes after Russia announced that the delegation had flown to Belarus to await talks. Ukrainian officials initially reject the move, saying any talks should be take place anywhere than anywhere else other than uh, Belarus since uh, it allows its territory to be used by Russian troops as a staging ground for the invasion. The Russian invasion has left hundreds dead. Russians have launched missile strikes against buildings in Kyiv and other major Ukrainian cities as threatens all-out assault have not since the Second World War. Kharkiv uh, residents were urged to stay indoors by its governor, who said there has been a breakthrough in light equipment including the central part of the city. The nine-story building was reportedly hit with one woman killed. <sighs> blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to keep reading this because it's just shit that's been hit and whatnot. I, I have a, I, I'd be curious to know. It'd be interesting to see if this meeting takes place between Zelensky and I don't even know if Putin's going to be there, if it's just Russian officials. What happens? Because the whole point not the whole point, but one of the points of this whole situation, especially them going into Kiev, was to uh, get Zelensky. I'm not saying that they want to kill him or what. They they obviously want him out of power. They want a... Uh, Zelensky is more, uh, quote-unquote, westernized leader. He's He wants to be part of NATO. He wants to be part of the EU. He wants to be part of the West. And Putin doesn't want that. So, much like Belarus, you want to get a Russian-sympathized uh, president in there. So, Ukraine Ukraine can be Ukraine as long as the president of Ukraine lets Russia do whatever the hell it wants to do. I think the, the biggest thing here is the, the uh, nuclear deterrent systems. So, obviously, nuclear deterrence or nuclear defense systems... It depends on how you want to break that down. So is it to defend against nuclear war? Well, you also said, yeah, not you, but Putin said 
you know, anyone that interferes will have uh, lead to consequences they have never seen. So that to to a lot of people is a prelude of nuclear situation. Obviously, we have never seen nuclear war. We've had it threatened. You've had different situations, but there's never been. We've never seen a nuclear bomb used in war. You know, you had the atomic bomb in in World War II. Nuclear weapons. That's a whole other situation. You think the atom bomb dropping on Nagasaki and Hiroshima ended the war? Because once you did that, it yeah, Japan's like, okay, cool, these motherfuckers ain't playing. We give up, and Germany was soon to follow. And those bombs, albeit as mighty as they are or were, are nothing <laughs> compared to a nuclear weapon. So what what are you threatening there? So are you looking to defend? Or are you looking to first strike and then defend? I don't know. I mean, there's so much military weaponry on both sides of this of this thing that we we don't have a clue what's out there. I'm not just talking about what we have, America, U.S. I'm talking about what China has, what Russia has. We we don't have a clue. I mean, when when every year we have a budget, right? Okay, the the budget for America is X amount of whatever it is, trillions of dollars, right? And we never know how much is in. I mean, we can find out. You can look at the bill and it's be like, oh, $100 million for this, $200 million for that, 50 bucks for that, 100 bucks for that, whatever. And they break it down, X amount of dollars for military spending. Well, you have um, situations where we've heard it in the past and we've joked about it. You know, it's a $500 toilet was put in the White House. Well, obviously, a toilet isn't going to cost $500. So the speculation is those things are used, those numbers are used as a, a cover-up. So, okay, they put a $20 or, you know, $100 toilet in the in the White House and they build it for 1000 bucks, so they could take the other $900 and add it to a black fund, you know. But, you know, whatever, whatever. In Russia and China, they don't tell their citizens how much they're spending on military. But I can almost guarantee... That if these countries even have a budget, like we're in, you know, we're in a deficit, right? We're only in a deficit because we worry about being in a deficit. Now, we're going to put sanctions on Putin. He don't care. He's like, whatever. What's going what's gonna to piss him off? The sanctions, he don't give a shit about that. Because if you think he cares about his people, he don't care about them. He's not going to get unelected from office. He's going to be there. This isn't America. You know, I saw the other day, people were like, oh, people in Russia are, are, are protesting the war. Cool. They're going to end up in jail. People in Russia, polling shows that they, dis- you know, ex- I don't remember what the numbers were, but X amount of percent disagree with what's going on. Cool. They don't care. Putin's not like, oh, shit, the 60% of the population don't agree with this. Okay, we better stop. He don't care. It's not like he's, you're not going to elect him. You don't have a choice. He's in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's not like he cares about, um, you know, that it's like, okay, cool, whatever. And these people are protesting in the streets of Moscow and wherever else in, in Russia. Okay, cool. They're getting thrown in jail. This isn't, this, this not America where you can get away with that shit. Now, a lot of these people in these countries, like I'm sure the Soviet union, I'm sure Russia 
it's not Soviet Union right now. But I'm sure Russia is a lot different than it was 40 years ago. I, I'm sure of that. But it's not 100% different. It's not, it's not uh, America different. You know what I'm saying? They're still, they've obviously let some things go because they want to become more capitalistic and make money. But don't get it twisted in the fact that you got, in Russia, you got a shit ton of freedoms. They don't, they don't care. Um, so as far as polling and, you know, that stuff, it just, but this swift system could, like he says in his, where he says, uh, you know, um, where was it at here? You know, where he was saying that, um, they've, it was an attack to their, um, economic threat. And then, uh, NATO saying, this okay so putin feels threatened now obviously we only know what we're being told um so if he looks at uh, at whoever closing down this swift system where he's unable to make his money you can sanction him all day long he was still making money these countries still make their money sanction them all they want whatever i think that's just uh you know, uh, something to tell people, oh, well, shit, we put sanctions on them. Okay. <laughs> we put sanctions on them. You know, Trump had a sanction on them too, and then you let him go ahead with the Nord, Star, uh, Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Okay. This is what's going to piss him off. So if you have NATO making moves, and you have uh, them shutting them out from making money, so to speak, that's, he's, he's looking at that as a threat. Thus, why he's got the nuclear deterrent system ready to rock and roll. He's not loading planes. He's not doing this as far as we know. Um, but what do we know? Or what are we being told? The thing that kills me, I saw this on the news. Um, I think all of Canada, and there's some states in, in America that have stopped the sale of Russian vodka. And by the way, it's already been purchased. So like if you go to your local liquor store and you want to get a bottle of, of vodka, and I don't know what's sold, what's American-made vodka versus Russian-made, I, I don't know. But whatever. If you go to your local liquor store today and there's Russian-made vodka on the shelf, but then tomorrow... Hey, where did the, you know, Putin special vodka go? I don't know. And the guy's like, oh, well, the uh, ATF came in and pulled all the alcohol, all the Russian-made alcohol off our shelves because, you know, Russia's bad and we got to stop selling Russian vodka. You know, you could think, okay, well, that's cool. We're going, we're going, we're going to stop buying Russian goods. In the meantime, we're still buying the fucking shit out of Chinese goods, but that's, I, hold on. <laughs> In the meantime... All that shit's already been purchased. So whatever factories and plants and Russian this and Russia that that's made that vodka, they already made their money from that vodka. All you're really doing at this point is hurting the local liquor store from making any money. So it's it's kind of like buying a CD and uh, and be like, oh, I hate you know, like back in the day, you had NWA, right? You had the the rap the rap group NWA and people would buy their CDs to crush them. 
because I hate NWA. They they're so whatever, and we hate them, and we hate gangster rap, and blah blah blah. And like, if you saw the movie Straight Outta Compton, there was a scene in the movie where they were on the bus going to wherever, and they were driving by, and there was a like a protest or a rally or whatever, and, and they had like a steamroller rolling over their records and tapes and whatever, and people were protesting. We hate NWA, blah blah blah, whatever. And the reporter asked the as Ice Cube, you know, what do you think about that? Hey, they bought the CDs. I made my money. And that's the point. So, oh, we're going to stop the sale of Russian vodka. I get that. Okay, stop importing Russian vodka now. Cool. In the meantime, however many liquor distribution companies there are in America have however much Russian-made vodka. That's already been bought. It's in these place, these companies' uh, warehouses. You know, uh, Don Q distributor, alcohol distributor, has uh, 600 pallets of Russian-made vodka. I've already purchased that. It's not on consignment. <laughs> I purchased it. I paid, you know, X amount of dollars for all that, all that vodka. And now you're telling me I can't sell it to the ABC Liquor or XYZ or the, you know, local liquor store because now it's bad? That's kind of fucked up, right? Um, now, if you want to go forward and not let it be imported, okay, fine, I can get with that. But the thing that kills me is we continue to buy crude oil from Russia at a premium price, which is why Biden said a few days back that um, with this Ukraine situa- situation, expect the gas prices to increase. So when he made that comment, people were like, well, what does that have to do you know, if there's a war or whatever going on over there, what does that got to do with gas prices here? Well, surely he knew once they do did these different sanctions and swift, once this stuff started taking place, they were going to have to stop importing oil from Russia. Well, if we do that, obviously gas prices are going up. Why? Because <laughs> why? 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 Why would that matter? Well, uh, I'll tell you why it matters. Uh, because it does. Now, um, let me see. Where is it out here? I wrote it down. So, I mean, obviously, if the jackass had not shut down the Keystone Pipeline, we wouldn't have this issue. We, would, we wouldn't be worried about it. Before, the sh- um, before they shut down the uh, Keystone Pipeline, Canada was our largest importer of foreign oil. And under President Trump, when they – there was already a pipeline – they made it bigger, or they were going to make it bigger. Um, we were energy independent. We didn't buy oil from Russia. I mean, we did buy some, but I think it's over the four years Trump was in there, we were still buying Russian oil. Now, granted, it was a lot less than we were buying under Obama. Now, like in the 80s and early 90s, we barely bought any Russian oil. As you had uh, Clinton into Bush into Obama, those numbers really uh, skyrocketed into over like around 200,000 barrels a, a month, I think it was on average. And then that dropped significantly while uh, Trump was in office. When Now that Biden's only been in there in a year, we're back up to over 200,000 barrels a day. Well, it's because we have to have fuel, right? And it's funny how Russians are our biggest importer. Like we, we import the most oil we import is from Russia. So Biden come out a while back. I'm going to get OPEC OPEC nations to do whatever for oil production. Okay. Well, number one, they're just giving you a double tall man. 
And the reason he did that was because he knew this shit with Russia was going to happen. We, they knew this was going to happen. But you're also depending on countries that hate us, whether it's Russia or anyone in the Middle East that's part of OPEC. They don't give a fuck. The way they look at it nowadays is they're going to make their money from other countries buying their oil. Russia doesn't care if we don't buy their oil. They'll sell it to fucking China. They'll sell it to other countries that still want their, still need oil. I'm really surprised that Germany stopped the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And last report I saw that they're actually helping Ukraine with, with weapons and, and whatnot, which is pretty bold in my opinion, but whatever. Um, if we, if we never, if we would have not closed the pipeline, that the Keystone pipeline for whatever reason, because, you know, Biden wanted to be awake, awoke, uh, president and green new deal and all that bullshit, we wouldn't have this problem, but because it was something that Trump initiated or, or further continued, I, I should say, I mean, the Keystone pipeline wasn't Trump's idea. That was already in effect. I think that was under Bush or Biden or um, Obama that that started. He just made it bigger to increase capacity and get more oil, become energy independent. So we didn't have to depend on Russia and the Middle East to supply us because, as we all know, we can be green and we can have wind turbines and we can be solar panel this and solar panel that. Ain't no damn solar panel uh, fucking Navy ships out there. I don't think there's a uh, electric uh, fighter jets. I mean, I could be wrong. <laughs> and these countries know that. So you cut off that kind of stuff and we're screwed. But point being is let's focus on vodka. We'll, stop. we'll show them, but we'll buy oil from them. Um, so in doing research for this, I ran across, across this article. And one of the questions I had was, could this not be about what it appears to be about? Like I showed, read you, okay, why is he doing this? Because it's ancient Russian territory and he wants it back. Um, you might hear, uh, oh, it's because of oil. There's a pipeline that runs through Ukraine. Okay. I've even found a story that when Russia annexed Crimea, uh, Zelensky went in there and they built a dam. So there's a river that runs south into Crimea that was a, the main water source from C Crimea. Well, they built a dam, which essentially let no water flow into Crimea. Could I have done it? I don't know. <sighs> You can you can find stories and make up stuff and find it any reason as to why this is going on. But it takes the conspiracy side of this show to dig to find maybe another reason as to why this is going on. So there was a gentleman on uh, Twitter, and he his name, <laughs> which you're not going to find him now, but... It's at war clandestine. Uh, the reason I say you're not going to find them is because I kicked them off of Twitter. Um, now, before I read this, I'll tell you real quick. Obviously, he was kicked off of Twitter because of this. 
And of course, they labeled it misinformation, blah, blah, blah. It's it, I've come to the belief that anytime someone's getting banned for something, look at recent history. Look at Alex Jones, some of these doctors that were anti-COVID, some of these doctors that were anti-vaccine um, shots, you know, COVID shots. Uh, hell, look at Joe Rogan. You know, look at the different situations just in recent history that they've tried to try to block or have blocked off of different platforms, whether it's Twitter or YouTube or whatever the case may be. But like take Alex Jones, for example. Now, like him or don't like him, some some of the shit he says he's crazy. Some of the shit he says is dead on. And it's not even that he's just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. I mean, some of it you can be like, okay. That's a little fucked up, but he proclaimed that this war was going to happen like six months ago. He said in February this is going to happen. He said other things in the past that that got him banned from YouTube. But it's like, like I was kicked off of Facebook and I was kicked off of Twitter because of things that I were saying that were true. But it was under the guides of misinformation. Well, is it misinformation or just information you don't like? There's a difference. Misinformation is me going in there and saying, water's bad for you. Don't drink water. Only drink pure grain alcohol. That's where it's at. That's misinformation. <laughs> don't take, uh, you know, don't breathe the air. Put a bag over your head and live your life like that. That's misinformation. Um, taking a vaccine that's going to work and you're never going to get COVID again if you take this vaccine. That's misinformation. But saying the opposite of that gets you kicked off of platforms. For You know, like I said, just recent history, anything to do with COVID, anything. It's to the point where I saw a TikTok video the other day. This guy was talking about vaccine. He goes, I'm doing this just because of the auto-generated captions at the bottom. And he just read a story about vaccinated. If you know a vaccinated person, blah, blah, blah. If you know an unvaccinated person, blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't saying anything good or bad either way. But every time he said the word unvaccinated, it captioned it as vaccinated. <laughs> so even now, this was just recent. But um, over the past two years, you've had doctors come out and say, COVID this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, ivermectin this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, hydroxychloroquine this, blah, 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 blah. Vaccines, you shouldn't do them, blah, 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 blah. And they're, they're kicked off of these platforms. Well, it's because you're not pushing their narrative. You know, I said this before, you had Biden and CDC and Fauci and whoever else come out saying, oh, if you get the shot, you, you won't have to wear your mask again and you're not going to get COVID. It doesn't. You, If you've gotten the shot, you won't get COVID. You can't transmit COVID. You can't do this and you're going to be good to go. And then months later, yeah, the shots don't protect you from COVID. You can still get it, although you might not be as sick. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you can still spread it. Oh, yeah, and by the way, you still need to wear masks. And, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So why wasn't whatever was said prior labeled misinformation? Why weren't they kicked off of Twitter for lying to us? Now, fortunately, some of us didn't believe the lie because as I've grown older, especially since we've been doing the show, I've become very skeptical of anything that comes out of the government's mouth. And then I go into this story. Okay, this gentleman, like I said, dug up this stuff, places it on Twitter, bam, banned from Twitter, 
Fortunately, <laughs> we were able to grab it. Okay. So our U.S.-run biological labs in Ukraine, one of the reasons behind a Russian invasion. Read how Russian government had raised the bioweapons uh, alarm. As Russia has started attacking military installations in Ukraine, there are speculations that the United States biolabs that have been established in Ukraine in the name of research and defense are also among the targets. The U.S. has several such labs in Ukraine under its Biological Threat Reduction Program. Social media has been abuzz with discussions on how the Russian government, in addition to objecting to NATO's expansion in the region, has been highlighting their concerns, accusing the USA of running bioweapon labs near the border. Twitter handle uh, War Clandestine named or claimed they had been responsible that Russia is targeting the biolabs. Nothing has yet been confirmed. <clears throat> There's a lot of discussion on social media regarding the alleged bioweapon labs run that are funded by the U.S. government on Ukraine soil. As per the details made available by the government, the U.S. Department of Defense Biological Threat Reduction Program has been working with partner countries to counter the threat of outbreaks, deliberate, accidental, or natural, of the world's most dangerous infections and disease. Um, in Ukraine, the programs aim to consolidate and secure pathogens and toxins of security concerns and provide and support the nation in detecting and reporting outbreaks caused by dangerous pathogens before they pose any state stability or security risk. In 2019, BTRP established two laboratories in, for the Consumer Protection Service of Ukraine with biosafety uh, level 2 in Kiev and Odessa. Both regions are under Russia's attack. The U.S. does not only provide support for laboratories establishment, but has also been funding research pro projects in Ukraine where the Ukrainian and American scientists work together. Russia has accused the U.S. of developing bioweapons at its borders at Ukraine and Georgia. On several occasions, Russia has accused the U.S. and Ukraine of developing bioweapons in 2021 while uh, talking about the instability of the World Health Organization to establish the origin of the COVID-19 virus, Russian Security Council Secretary Nikolai Pestruzhev <laughs> told Commerçant reporter that Russia believed the U.S. was developing bioweapons near its borders. He said, you pay attention to the fact in the world more and more new biological uh, laboratories under control of the United States are growing by leaps and bounds. Moreover, by a strange coincidence, mainly at the Russian and Chinese borders. He added that the U.S. claim they work with local scientists to develop ways to fight dangerous pathogens, but what happens inside those walls was unknown. He added, We are told that peaceful sanitation stations operate near our borders, but for some reason they are more reminiscent of Fort Detrick in Maryland, where Americans have been working in the field of military biology for decades. By the way, we should pay attention to the fact that outbreaks and diseases that are not typical for these regions are recorded in the surrounding areas. When asked if he meant Americans were developing biological weapons at those biolabs, he said, we have good reason to believe that this is the case. He further said, not a day goes by at the headquarters of the Organization for Prohibition of Chemical Weapons in The Hague that Americans and their allies do not come forward with another chapter of the anti-Russian chemical dossier.
Speaking about the allegations against Russia over the development of chemical weapons, he said there was no evidence, only conjecture. The Russian government has made similar allegations multiple times. So, is it true? It goes back to my point of the invasion. If you look at the map of where they're invading, and unfortunately, with this guy being kicked off of um, Twitter, you can't see the map that he put up. I'm assuming it's a he. I shouldn't assume that, but nonetheless. Um, the map showed biological laboratories in Ukraine. Well, if you overlie the maps that pretty much all news outlets are using as to where the attacks are occurring and to why the attacks are coming in from the south and the north instead of from the east, they line up with the laboratories. So one could ask the question, is this why this is happening? Is this why the push from Russia isn't necessarily through the Donbass region? It's from the north and from the south? Why are they going into Odessa and these major capital, you know, the capital and the major cities of the Ukraine? Because this is where these laboratories are. Or alleged to be, I should say. Um... So, given what has happened in the past three years in, in this world, I mean, it's still, I mean, still alleged. I guess it hasn't been proven, not yet anyway. But, um, you know, it's, it's, there's plenty of speculation, uh, be that as it may as far as speculation, but we've got senators in this country, Rand Paul to be exact, who is blaming Dr. Fauci and the U.S. for funding gain-of-function research to enhance viruses in the Wuhan laboratory in China. That started all this bullshit that we've been dealing with for the last two and a half years. Now, we want to blame China, 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 but fuck, if we, if we, I don't want to say we like I had anything to do with it, but if America initiated this, it started in colleges in this country in in uh, North Carolina and if that stuff <laughs> went to China if that's true it almost makes me wonder what Putin knows and is this is this his way of saying look you're not going to this isn't going to happen next to my country i don't know it's interesting it's interesting to to question that. And the fact that the person that did question it and post stuff on Twitter, gone. Immediately kicked off. Hopefully, this guy or person, maybe he'll start doing a sub stack or whatever where he can get the information out more. Be curious to watch and see. But it, it's it, to me, it's an interesting question. We can sit here and say, why did Russia do what they're doing? Well, this kind of makes a little bit more sense than the other reason. Because if they were there as a peacekeeper mission through the Donbass uh, region of the Ukraine, they would be there. <laughs> they wouldn't be in Kyiv or Kiev and the other cities and Odessa and out in the west of uh, the Ukraine. They're not sweeping through the country. They're hitting targets. Okay, if they want to take over the country. They would have started in the west. The west. They would have started in the west and moved. I'm sorry, they would have started in the east and move west, right? They would have 
swept through the country. Or they would have gone north-south, from the north, from the south, and from the east, and kind of met in the middle and pushed to the west, right? If, if what Putin and Russia's doing was for world domination, that's how they would do it. If this was about world domination, yeah, okay, Poland, Hungary, all those countries that are on the other side of the Ukraine, you should be worried too. But they're not. Hmm. Why? Could this story be true? I'll post this in the show notes. You guys can continue reading on it. And you come up with your own conclusions. But one has to wonder, what does uh, our former president, maybe our next president, what does he have to say about the situation? Let's see here. He did an interview uh, with Fox News the other day. They're down in Orlando with the CPAC um, thing. And uh, see what he had to say. I just think it's a shame that this is going on. It's something that should not be going on. Thousands of people. I mean, this could lead to much bigger than this one area. This could lead to a lot of other countries and can lead to world war. You never know how it starts. You know, world wars start and you never think a war is going to come out of it. All of a sudden you end up in a world war. Uh, this is a very dangerous period for our nation, for the country. You look at Ukraine, what's happening there with all of the people being killed on all sides. Uh, it's a very sad thing. I hope it stops soon. It's a horrible thing. Should have never happened. It would never have happened under any circumstance. And uh, it is what it is. But there's great bravery being shown. And I think they're doing one hell of a job, much more so than anybody would have thought possible. But it's tremendous bravery by so many people. So uh, we'll see what happens. But it should have never happened. So it's interesting to note where he's saying, I like that it is what it is because, you know, they say you should never, you should be worried of a person who says it is what it is because they really don't give a fuck anymore. But anyway, it's interesting. This wouldn't happen. If, if I was still here, this would not have happened. Well, there's been plenty of reports that have come out recently, especially, that when Trump was in office, he had a meeting with Putin. Of course, that's because he was Putin puppet, right? <laughs> but supposedly... He said to uh, Putin, if you go into Ukraine, um, I will bomb the shit out of Moscow. Okay, whether that's true or not, um, we can say this about that. Putin didn't act a fool for the four years of Trump. Xi didn't act a fool for the four years of Trump. And... Uh, What's his uh, little rocket man? Kim Jong-un didn't act a fool under Trump. He met with all three of these guys. What has a fucking dipshit done? He hadn't met with none of them. I mean, I think he did. He met with G under on a fucking conference call or video call or whatever. And I think he met with Putin once and he looked like a fucking ass clown. But my point being is these guys sense his weakness with Trump they didn't know what the fuck. He, it was being told to us and surely the rest of the world, this motherfucker was crazy. You know, remember during the uh, Hillary and his debates, you know, she would be, uh, this is who you want in charge of the military? This is who you want in charge of nuclear football? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's who I want because 
We had less wars. We had less issues. We were getting out of shit. <laughs> In the meantime, you had Putin Xi and Kim Jong-un maintained. There was no issues with Taiwan. There was all the speculation and talk and whatever. There was no issues with with uh, Ukraine. Nothing, nothing of consequence. 2014 under uh, uh, Obama is when they annexed Crimea. If they really wanted all of Ukraine, why would they have stopped with Crimea? Well, they stopped because Trump was like, I'll fucking bomb you. Now, one could state the question and say, okay, well, Mr. Don, if what you say is true, that he would have bombed uh, Moscow if, if he went into Ukraine, why would he care? Well, in 2019, those labs were supposedly built. Hell, I'm not saying Trump didn't have anything to do with that. I'm not saying he did. As we are well aware, as things are unfolding with the Durham situation, that there's plenty of government entities that run on their own volition. There's CIA, FBI, uh, NSA. There's plenty of, of government agencies that give two shits who the president is. And they're going to do their own thing. I mean, hell, Fauci, the NIH, and all this was doing these fucking research things under Trump. That started when Obama was in president. Okay? There's pictures of, pictures of Fauci and Obama in the Wuhan lab. So whether Trump knew about these things or didn't know about these things, it's very possible that he didn't have a clue that he wasn't read in on this stuff. They were too busy trying to get him out of office than to read him in on the on the private shit. Just know this, that if he runs again for president and if he is elected, <laughs> shit's going to hit the fan on a lot of these things. So a poll comes out the other day. 62% of voters say that um, Putin wouldn't have invaded Ukraine if Trump were president. Trump kind of reiterated the same thing. And you have to agree. And the reason I say that is because in 2014, Crimea, 16, 17, 18, <laughs> nothing. Right? 20. Here we go. 22. Here we go. We're going in. We're going in again. And it's just a start. What's our reaction to this? How, how is this going to end? In the meantime, Xi and China is just sitting there waiting to see what happens. But um, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about was, was this. So since all this stuff has started, not, not even just since last Wednesday with you, uh, Russia going in, but for the last couple of weeks, you've heard very little about covid Right? Who knew that it would take a war to cure COVID? But even more so, the Durham report. So a lot of stuff broke a couple of weeks ago from the Durham report. Names are being released. Well, <laughs> would it shock you for me to tell you that um, uh, Rodney Jaffe gave a deposition about su in the Sussman case? The media is dead-ass silent about this. Now... Is he about to name names? This thing is all supposed to be coming to an end. Special Counsel Durham probe uh, reveals vast government and private sector access to unregulated unregul data streams. The latest developments in the high-profile criminal probe by Special Counsel John Durham showed an extent to which the world's internet traffic is being monitored by a co-tier of network researchers and security experts inside the government and outside. 
Durham has been looking into the origin of the FBI's investigation into alleged ties between Trump campaign and Russia. Recent court filings in his case against a cyber uh, security lawyer Michael Sussman, and as well as documents obtained by the Wall Street Journal through public records requests, show how U.S. government entities and private, private cybersecurity companies are able to monitor the flow of traffic by tapping into vast quantities of data with little oversight or public awareness. Though such technical data doesn't directly reveal identities or message content, it can at times be reverse engineered to link online activity back to a specific individual. A filing by prosecutors earlier this month said people affiliated with Donald Trump's 16 Democratic rival, Hillary Clinton, worked to exploit non-public Internet traffic data they had access to um, in order to establish a narrative tying Trump and to Russia. Sussman's lawyer called the allegations misleading and irrelevant. Well, that's the whole fucking point of this, dude. <laughs> the monitoring has made possible by a little scrutinized partnership, both formal and informal, among cybersecurity companies, telecommunications providers, and government agencies. The uh, U.S. government is obtaining bulk data about uh, network usage, according to a federal contracted document, and people familiar with the matter. So, you've got situations where this is an ongoing situation. It's supposed to be coming to an end next month. I mean, I guess we'll see. Is uh, Rodney Joffe talking? I mean, he's still alive, so I, I don't know what he said. But isn't it interesting how a lot of the people that are, are involved in this Russia-Ukraine thing are involved in this? And no one's talking about it. Let's focus on that. You turn on the news right now. I don't care what time of day it is. Turn it on. Guarantee you they're talking about Russia-Ukraine. And I'm doing this on Sunday afternoon. So if you're listening to this Monday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday, whatever day it is you're listening to this, Turn it on. Guarantee they're talking about Russia and Ukraine. They're not talking about nothing else. And that's the scary part, is when there's a story that's so big going on, what aren't they telling you about? Right? One other thing I wanted to point out to, me and Chris were talking about this, how many, <laughs> you've seen situations, you've seen pictures and whatnot, heard stories about how the Ukrainian government's just handing out guns to just random citizens. You go up to, the, they got like friggin' You know, U-Haul trucks. I mean, not U-Haul, but whatever. You know, <laughs> trucks with guns and ammo. And they're just, you walk up and they're giving you an AK. And in this country, you have Democratic leaders, congressmen, uh, congresspeople, senators, presidents, you know, whatever. Like, oh, that's so great that that the, the people of Ukraine are defending their country and they're taking up arms and blah, 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 blah. It is great. It is great. Um. But if they were armed to begin with, you wouldn't have to do that. But these are the same leaders that are saying how great it is that these people are doing that. In the meantime, they want to come to my house or your house or that person's house over there and take their deadly AR-15s or their high-capacity rifles with their high-capacity ammo magazines and deadly killing. Maybe. Now hear me out. Just maybe leave the people like us that have weapons alone and maybe we'll be the ones saving your ass someday. All right, guys. 
That's all I got for you today. It is Sunday, February 27, 2022. Uh, yeah, have a great day, and I will talk to you again on Wednesday.